We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andrew Bollins, just the two of them. Again, seems like Newcastle United's flagging fortunes uh, has scared off all of the podcast members from either watching or talking about any football. Absolutely for you. Um, me and Bollins and Miggy were at the match on Saturday, made a weekend of it. Uh, did you have fun, Bond? Yeah. In Norwich? Yeah, it was, Norwich was surprisingly nice. <laughs> I think that was the consensus amongst us all, wasn't it? I was expecting it to be a right dump. But um, no, very pleasant city. Lots of good bars before the match as well. Um, well, yeah. Two, yeah. well, you know, good, two, more, two, yeah. More, two more than Wigan. Yeah, two more than Villa. Um, yeah, yeah, it's quite a well located stadium, really. The bars around are quite nice. Yeah, probably, isn't, yeah. probably isn't quite as nice in the winter, actually. But, <laughs> um, yeah, very pleasant little trip, apart from the match. Yeah, like any weekend away with your mates is always good, good crack, isn't it? So it's not like we had a bad time. Um, some had worse time than others on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, supposed to, Mickey, supposed Mickey to drive up. I wanted to drive back at 5am, get back for the cricket, definitely, uh, which turned out to be a mare as well. And the lads. We're like, right, give us 7am, come half 7, I realised pretty quick that we weren't leaving until at least midday. <laughs> uh, where did you go in Norwich? What was it called? Chicago's. Chicago's. Highly recommended if you're ever, ever in Norwich. Why is it highly recommended? Yeah, it's just loose. Just a very loose place. <laughs> we met some really strange people. Really, really strange people. Um, especially including one woman who claimed to be Adele. Like, we were all very, but, very, but very drunk. Very, very drunk. Like, we'd been drinking all day and must have had at least 10 gin and tonics when we were there. And even I knew she, she wasn't she wasn't Adele. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Hamlet, though. I think she might have thought she genuinely was, but no. Yeah, some life should eat if she thinks she's Adele. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so Norwich was good. Nice place. It was sunny. And we had a good time apart from the match, which obviously we're going to talk about. Uh, I think we will stay up uh, for reasons I'm going to go into. Bond will probably disagree with me. We'll talk a little bit about what the match, probably some Premier League stuff, and then maybe look ahead to next week. Sorry about the radio show on Friday. I don't think anything else needs to be said on that one. So Newcastle uh, lost a match that was builders must win, never mind draw, uh, against relegation rivals Norwich, who are a terrible side, as are we. That's what you expect when you face sides in that end of the division. That seems to offend some people. Uh, some Norwich fans weren't very happy with my match preview on True Faith where I said Norwich are terrible I mean like you're the 17th lads you know rarely do you find good sides at that end of the table you still get a lot of these football fans who who like are offended by someone calling their team rubbish like I don't care like even if Newcastle weren't rubbish if some other fan was like you're rubbish you okay 
yeah we'll move on uh, but anyway so yeah I'd like to get one over the Norwich fans but listen you have a nice city and a nice river so it's 1-1 um, so we lost the game I still think we'll stay up I don't think it's time to chuck in the towel even if I did think we were going down I still wouldn't throw in the towel there's 21 points to play for I've got a game in hand uh, against a far from infallible Manchester City with a poor array record to, despite the result this weekend and if Newcastle go and get a point or God forbid turn over Southampton next weekend yes it's unlikely but it's not impossible the feeling can you imagine you know I know it's hard for everyone listening in New Bond to remember this feeling <laughs> but remember like winning a match where you know you're probably buzzing afterwards we could take that feeling on to Southampton and Man City at home they're the two for me even if we lost at Southampton I'll admit if we lost at Southampton and Norwich won at Palace yes <laughs> I'll, I'll put my neck on the line and say yes that is probably a bridge too far however I still wouldn't throw in the towel because Swansea and Man City at home are the two you take six points out of there maybe four um, you go to Liverpool away Palace at home Villa away with a good chance of getting seven nine well seven points <laughs> six points and the temporary um, optimism <laughs> yeah and you know and we're looking at ten points now um, Norwich have got some hard games Norwich and Magnus will be a draw I'm telling you now we're going to still do this we're a much better side than we were under McLaren far better and we're still shit um, look at look at how bad Newcastle were in that first half Newcastle were disgraceful that first half was McLaren Carver-esque um, Benitez got the team selection wrong tactically probably got it wrong um, and yet Norwich still relied on a goal um, in the 47th minute to take the lead and a last minute goal Fluky goal that should have been disallowed because of a handball to beat us. So I'm gonna I'm looking at that thing in Newcastle were fucking dog shit for most of the game, and Norwich playing at home in like the biggest game ever in front of fervent support, which was pretty quiet all game. But no mind, um, apart from the clappers, apart from the clappers, like not Norwich still probably shouldn't have beat where. So I'm I'm taking that into the rest of the season, thinking they've had that look. The Magnums. West Brom West Brom the worst team I've ever seen this season St James's like we should have beaten them 5-0 and we're terrible and for the Magrams uh, the Magrams after the game you, you were you were reading Twitter and you know Ben Foster he's made all sorts of saves he's made one save he's made he's made one good save from Defoe at the end if that there was a poor finish rather than a good save um, though you know so I, I can't see them staying up we've got an easier run than them both and you know what if, if we'll turn up at St James's even if we get beat at Southampton, it, it, it'll not be over if Norwich don't get a win at Palace. I can't say Sunderland beating Leicester. We go to the last five games of the season needing three wins. I bag us to get them. I really do. Um, and, you know, stranger things will happen this time last year. Leicester were bottom of the league. And I don't care how optimistic a Leicester fan you were. I didn't hear Leicester fans thinking, you know what, we'll, we'll get out of this. No problem. They were all we're, we're down. Ringing in talks, but we're down. Just like our fans are saying, we're down. We're not down. We're, we're, not, we're not mathematically down. We'll have better players, we'll have a better manager um, and we can still stay up and all we've got to do as fans is is make sure that we're there for, for Swansea and Man City particularly and the, the fans at um, I want to talk about the fans at Norwich later on the show but the fans at Southampton will play a role Benitez has talked about the fans a lot if Swansea turn up to St James's and we've got anything like a full strength team which we should do, Dummett and Colaccini should be back um, I'm convinced we'll beat them under Benitez, I'm absolutely convinced of it and once we beat Swansea, the the, the you know the, the feeling amongst the city and the team 
will be a positive one. And even you know, regardless, I'd even say even if, if Norwich do win, I'll still give us a chance of, of stopping up. And I think we'll beat Palace at home, we'll beat Swansea, I think we'll beat Man City at home. There's nine points, we're pissing it already. Um, <laughs> Villa will smash them. It's like, come on, we're gonna fucking fucking do this. What's the point? We're gonna just say we do get relegated. We've got all summer and probably all of next season, the next ten years of our life, when we go like out of business, to be negative and down and miserable and down and like, oh no, it's so shit, isn't it? No, let's, we're gonna fucking stay up, man. I like your optimism. I was thinking this time last year, Leicester were seven points adrift. So it's not it's not impossible. It's just really, really, really <laughs> unlikely at this stage. Like I don't uh, know. As unlikely as Rafa Benitez has been many castle manager, I'd say. Yeah. Ugh, no. But like what gives you any sort of hope that we can we can get anything from Southampton? Like every year that we go there we're rubbish, generally. <laughs> and we've been terrible this year and Southampton <laughs> are a very, 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 very good side. Southampton don't have a lot to play for. That doesn't really count for much because I don't know if they did the last few times we went there. But the, you know the, the top four is out of the question for them, um, <clears throat> and they really struggle against Sunderland. Yeah, they really struggle against teams. Benitez will go to Southampton like we did, he did at Norwich. Hopefully, he'll play better with a better team selection. So if he does that, Southampton yeah, will be Benitez wants to be in the game at half time. That's why yeah. you play away football away from home, unless you're fucking Leicester. He wants to be in the game away from home. If we can go to Southampton, Colaccini back, Dummett back, defend properly, pose a threat on the counter attack. Shall we get See, I just don't understand where this optimism's come from because I've actually realised that all season we've been hoping for these players to be better than they are. <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is that Paul Dummett, Anita, Colacini, Taylor, Lascelles, Gufran, Marvo, uh, Colbach, Riviere, like, this, this is like almost like players two, start, two, yeah. Yeah, like two, <laughs> on two hands, there's so many players in that squad that just aren't fit for purpose. Like, Sissoko, I'd put, throw him in. Wijnaldum, like these, these aren't Premier League. They aren't up to scratch. Name me another right winger who could play left wing, left back in the Premier League. You can't. Can you? <laughs> it's not something that you should have it doesn't happen at other clubs. <laughs> he, played, he, he played left back quite well. Um, he was terrible on the left wing, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, left back he played quite. He's well. been terrible. That's one thing Benitez got wrong. He's been. He hasn't been very good on the left wing no. at all. Like, but he's playing them there protect the fullback whether he's any good at it or not is another question <laughs> but it, it's not like I mean I, I tweet, um, tweeted Richie Smith Richie Smith also joined us in Norwich uh, very good weekend hope you still alive Richie I've not heard from you since. oh we've been on Twitter so unless someone right. killed him took his phone <laughs> and has been tweeting in a similar vein <laughs> um, then uh, yeah, he's, yeah let Bolla know Richie if you can um, <laughs> Just a you know a thinly worded tweet. It was a very very strange place. Like <laughs> he just disappeared. Um, I think me and Mickey might have been dancing to Madonna and he was just gone. That, I mean that could have been the reason. I was going to say uh, he's probably taken the rights. He's probably thinks you're dead um, until now. Anyway, back to the football. Um, it's like so. I tweeted Richie because he, we were talking after the match and he's tweeted since he could not believe Mitrovic didn't start and I agree but you just know you just know there are mitigating circumstances there's no way that a fully fit Alexander Mitrovic doesn't start that game Benitez then said in the press conference afterwards that he arrived late back from uh, Estonia so he wasn't fit probably a little bit tired you know there's always mitigating circumstances and Sissoko on the left is one of those he plays Sissoko because every single game Rafa Benitez has been charged in Castle we've had to play a midfielder in the back four so he's thinking Townsend we saw what Townsend's like defending for the second goal I'd add him to the list by the way Townsend <laughs> not fit but there's a reason there's obviously a reason that he's not been playing well, football for Spurs for so long it's because he's not very good let's go through the players later so you're, you're saying that I'm being optimistic because 
I'm expecting one of these performances. I'm also looking for a bit of luck. Um, you know, which also we've had none of. Yeah, exactly. We're getting none of it, and just Norwich there, couple of bits of luck. The the first the first goal wasn't a free kick. To Dan, to Dan on this like six foot four lad, he just bends over the the, the bloke and he gives him a free kick. I to is moving him forwards because the bloke's got hold of him, but never a free kick. Obviously, got the last the third goal, massive handball. Mike Mike Riley, Mike Dean, yeah, Mike not Dean. fit for purpose. If you can't spot that in the Premier League, he's looking right at it. Yeah, we yeah. fucking saw it from the other end, yeah. the other end of the pitch, handball. Even, not nothing given. So as listeners may know, I work in Sunderland. Even the Magnums today were like, that was so unlucky. <laughs> and usually they'll just lie until they're blue in the face just, me about just it. Just a blatant handball. Should have got a point from that game. Listen, you get what you deserve in the end. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that. You make your own luck. You do, you make your own luck. But we deserve some other people's luck. Because when's the, la- when's the last time we got a snaky go through someone's legs like they did at the end? When's the last time that any decision against us hasn't been given? When's the last time that we should we, we give away a pen and it wasn't given? When's the last time that terrible defending wasn't brutally punished? We could go to Southampton. Southampton could, could play a class. Maybe Southampton will miss a couple of sitters. Maybe they'll get a... Maybe, maybe like when we played Southampton at home last year, uh, 2-1 defeat on the carpet, and the bloke basically punched the ball out of the box... Um, we didn't get a pen. I just, I'm just counting on a little bit of that luck to come back to Benitez. Hopefully, I mean, who, you know, anyone who's listening to this, this podcast, is, this is this is how bad it is, right? So you're you're basically like we'll stay up because we'll get some really dodgy luck. <laughs> like that's how desperate it's getting. I'll take anything. You're, you're clutching. Like. But this is if anyone's listened to this podcast for a long time, they'll they'll, they'll, they'll never thought I, I would utter these words. But I really hope Dummett's back. <laughs> This weekend we get done in the back four. Bit of aerial presence. This is as well. what I mean. Like you're kidding yourself. I'm not kidding myself, man. For the entire I season. don't even know who plays right wing for Southampton, man. Um, is that is man, man? Is Manny on the right? Nah, know. he's behind the striker. But either way, like this is how bad it's got. Where you've you've blasted Dummett at every opportunity, <laughs> and now look, man, we're going to have Paul Dummett back. Everything's going to be all right. Like I, I agree. I agree. When, I, when I criticised Paul Dummett, I'd never seen Vernon the leader play left back <laughs> or basically stand in that part of the pitch. Um, Vernon Anita should never play for Newcastle again and I've maintained that opinion since since he played his first game for us he's not very good um, he's not but he's certainly not a left back it's, it's like he's just not a footballer he, I hate to break it to you <laughs> no, but he's, on the top of his tax return masquerading um, I just think we'll get something from Southampton it's, it's a massive game Southampton now we'll have to play for yeah maybe the pressure's off but we've, we've had such rotten luck you know down the years not this season but down the years and injuries and the rest of it if we can go with a proper back four, Colacini back, and I know he's shite, but he's better than <laughs> Stephen Taylor. Taylor. Is, he, is he though? <laughs> yeah, he is better than Stephen Taylor, come on. Um, you know, Marshall and the troops, everyone's up for it. Mitrovic up front, he's on fire. You know, Wijnaldum, you know, get him dropped. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about him later. But yeah, we can we can do it, man, Bonin. I'd rather, I'd rather live my life this week thinking, you know what, we can do it, than just be like, oh, no, nah, we're going down, I hate my life. Yeah. It's not you, by the way. It's yeah. just a general depressing Newcastle fan. Yeah, it's like I say, it's it's not impossible, but it's it's also just not it's not going to happen. Like, right? How will Palace get on against um, Norwich? Uh, Palace could be Palace could beat Norwich, but they haven't win. won a game. They this, 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 this got a draw West Ham. They're going to smash yeah, them. Man. This calendar right. year, though, Palace will beat Norwich. How do you reckon they're not going to get, get on against Leicester? Yeah, Leicester will beat them. Leicester will beat them. So already yeah. fine. Even if we lose next week, you're um, you're more positive than me because <laughs> even if we lose next week, we're no worse off. Yeah. Just keep the score down. Doesn't matter. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does because the next two. So after that, Norwich play Sunderland. One of them's got to drop points. Imagine if they draw right back in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they draw right back in it. Then. Um, 
Who have Norwich got? But you sort of said we said on the uh, on the radio show that you won't be able to listen to very well. <laughs> you said that Norwich will win another game this season. They will, and they're Not already. You, you've changed. This is just the blind. Oh, they might. They might. They might, they might win another. I game thought this I was the most optimistic. But I, did, but, I, but I didn't think we'd play that badly, and they'd be so shit. Norwich were like as bad as we were for most of that game. And, yeah. and then that, then relied on massive thought. Just think about it. I've said it for a long time, Bollins. You really worried about McLaren's Newcastle because we could play like Brazil. Old Brazil, not tried Brazil. We could play like Brazil like we did against West Ham at home. West Ham, one of the best teams in this division. And scrape a win. Same against West Brom. Dominate the game from start to finish against a terrible West Ham, West Brom side who could have nicked a point at the end. And I just think for Norwich to come up against what they came up against... Scrape it over the line with a huge slice of luck. They're not going to win another game this season, man. They've got, so they've got Palace. They'll get beat. Norwich, Sunderland draw. Arsenal away. They're not winning Arsenal away. No. Man United. Think we'll beat Man United? Chasing no. the top four? No. Well, I've just taken it the second last game of the season. There, man, you, man. Well, we've got them picking up one point. We even, even if we just picked up three points and got beat by Man City and got beat by um, Southampton, or picked, say we just picked up four points in those games, we're only three points behind them. Going in the last three games, last two games, only three points. Just so optimistic. I like. We're going to beat Villa. We're going to beat Villa. We'll beat Villa. They're an absolute disgrace, thank God. And then they've got they've got Watford. I know it's Watford, but you know Watford are a canny side. They've got Everton away. Well, Watford are a team that have actually got nothing to play for as well. So well, it's got the cup final. They've got the cup semi final. That could be an issue as well for the. Could have a cup final. Not be all the players will want to get picked, man. So so we've got Watford at home. It's Watford is at home. Everton away. See, and then the Magnums have got see, the reverse, haven't they? I'm, just, I'm bringing theirs up now. They've got so you say what they've got Watford at home, so they've got Watford away and Everton at home last day of the season. Yeah, so Sunderland have got Leicester, they'll get beat. Norwich is a draw. Arsenal, they'll get beat. Arsenal on fire. Stoke away, can, I kind of see them getting yeah. on Stoke away. And we're, then they've got Chelsea. They'll not beat Chelsea. So we've all already won the last two games of the season. We have a serious chance of picking up. But we played Palace before all this. We could pick up seven points. But we haven't done that all season. Yeah, like, no, why are we going to do it now? Because because we have to. Because there's simply no other option. <laughs> because I don't want to look at it anyway. But because we're, because there are good, if tainted, footballers in that. So let's talk about Who? the players. Musa Sissoko, no. it is a disgrace that he hasn't scored this season. It is shocking. Right? No, it's not. It's only, it would only be a disgrace if he was playing really well. He is being playing well. Listen, he no, plays for France, man. Uh, so what? <laughs> Listen, him and Yamat, get, get them playing on the right. Get Dummett, get Townsend back. You know, you say you say Townsend's terrible. Townsend's not had a good game since he came back. Well, he got an assist on Saturday and he should have had another. Two assists wouldn't have been a bad return for playing badly. That's what I mean. He looks unfit to me. He looks unfit. He doesn't look match fit. He's been out of the game for 18 months and he can only be getting fitter. And his pace worries teams like... All the Sunderland fans I've spoke to and the ones I was at the match with were worried about Townsend. Townsend was worrying them. The Norwich fans, great ball in from Mitterich's fantastic goal. The, 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 like Townsend will create. In the next six, seven games, Townsend will score. I hope you're Guarantee right. Guarantee you. I hope you're right. So you've got Sissoko and Townsend. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, Palace aside, I wouldn't take any of the wiggers over Sissoko and Townsend. I wouldn't of the teams well, are coming up with. Apart from Palace. Apart from Palace, they're fair enough. Um, you know we've got a barren fullback so and have Ayu oh, no I wouldn't have any villa play anywhere near Newcastle the city or the club well, you'd say you'd have Ayu who's actually scored by the way he's actually scored goals <laughs> this season and oh, created yeah. assists he's part of and the, you wouldn't have him over the rankest villa team you see him against West Ham not Jordan Ayu Andre Ayu oh right Andre Ayu from Swansea yeah but he's more behind the striker isn't he yeah, he's still a winger 
I'd take... Right. <laughs> okay. Yes. I would take Andrew Ayew over fucking Wijnaldum. Right. So Wijnaldum should be dropped. Do we both agree? Right, yes. Uh, I hate the bloke. Either dropped or played from the start in the centre of midfield. Ah, but he's still shit. Like, you want... At home... He was better when he was yes, playing people, though. Yes, he was better. Not that that was hard. But you want... <laughs> he didn't do anything in the first half. <laughs> you want... Sissoko. You want Shelby to be liberated like he was against West Ham at home, like he was against uh, West Brom at home. You're not going to get that with Wijnaldum. You're going to get two players who kind of want to go forward, but I'll probably better stop back. Yeah. So you, you play Teo, I play Saive. I don't care. Play Teo, play Saive with Shelby. Fair enough. Saive's a huge call of the minute. Teo and Shelby's fair enough. Saive's So Teo Not even being on the bench. No, very strange. And I thought he was good against Evan away, but best of a bad bunch anyway. Um... Then, then you have to look at um, who else have we got in there. So let's go from back to front. Dollar, how do you think he did? Oh, he didn't didn't do anything particularly massively wrong. I didn't feel second goal. Right. What do you think? Oh, well, that's some patter about the second goal. It happens, doesn't it? Just smashed it. so hard from yeah. so close. You know, maybe maybe David De Gea says that. Yeah. that. I yeah. thought he did all right, considering yeah. how bad he was against West Brom. Like I thought he, he looked all right. And bear in mind, he hasn't played no. football yeah. at all. So. And yeah. his, his kicking was a bit ropey, but then which Newcastle goal? But this is a guy who's third choice keeper in Newcastle, so what do yeah. you expect? Uh, hey, hang on, is that an admission that Rob Elliott, Rob Elliott is now the number two? Oh, he is. There's no, no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Obviously, ability wise, he's not, but <laughs> in the pecking order, um, with with uh, Darlow, I think the save he made in the first half was crucial because I know I know we conceded one one nil down, which was a disaster, but it was so important to get the half time in the game. If we conceded that early when he made the save then I was severely worried about the ability to get back in the game so great save he did alright like you say he was quite good in crosses I thought he, he came come and claimed a couple I think with, with keepers is unless you're noticing that they're, they're terrible they've probably done alright I find like he didn't do anything where you were like god he's rubbish like Speaking of rubbish, in either a left back, shouldn't be in, shouldn't be anywhere near football. <laughs> like I wouldn't even wish him upon uh, maybe the Magums, but no he's one else. Like is what what Vernon is redeeming features. He can pass the ball really short distances. Right. <laughs> I, I can do that. Like every professional footballer should be able to do that. Like being able to pass the ball five yards. He played all right, you know, when he came on right back against Sunderland when Yamat went off injured. He did do when all we right. were like chasing the game and he didn't really have to do much defending because Sunderland had just given up on trying to win. <laughs> like and he had what that what he had that good game against West Ham and I remember people afterwards were like, oh, he was brilliant. Right, yeah, one game, one game. Yeah, I don't remember another time he's, he's like been like had like a standout game for Newcastle. No, all right, okay, so we need a shite. Um, so how do you think uh, Mbemba was back on the side? Do you think he did all right? Yeah, Mbemba's just a cut above the rest of them, though, isn't he? Like, he is. Disappointing thing. A couple of disappointing things from it, and Benitez actually alluded to this after the game. First one, when we just got back to 1-1, he made a bizarre rake and challenge. Now, they didn't actually score from the free kick on Bacani, but it was the next phase of play where actually cleared that. But still, it was just a... You know, the, the player who was marking was running away from goal, and I don't know if he got the ball or not, I've not seen the replay, but he did the like scissors from behind, like, even if you get the ball. Mm-hmm. So that was disappointing. And then at the end, for the friggin' winner, he, the ball comes to him, and he clears it, and he doesn't get it very far, yeah. and the score from the next yeah. thing. And Benita said we made a mistake in the box at the end, and that's what he's referring to. Um, it's, but yeah, it's unfortunate for someone like Mbemba because he's clearly a much better defender than everything else we've got. But he's still only like twenty-one, yeah, and could, would really benefit from playing alongside an actual centre half. <laughs> but he's the, all season it's been like Colaccini who's ropey. I mean, Stephen Taylor. That's not exactly the sort of mentorship you want from a centre half, is it? And then yeah, Lascelles. Yeah. 
I don't think there's much to be said about Taylor or Yanmat that didn't really get involved. Yanmat for the second goal, poor. But but Yanmat's another one who Newcastle fans thinks much better than he is. He's good, right? Like, he's player. not that good. He's very overrated. I never see like, Yanmat get absolutely skinned or is out of position or I don't really. I can't go wondering. When does he like cost a goal? I, I don't know. Like. I can't off the top of my head, but he does go wandering sometimes, and especially those times this season when he's been on the right with Sissoko, and the two of them will go with the same man, and like you can see Sissoko like berating him sometimes for it, and the other times. I think that the thing Benitez has done well, particularly with Jan Mark, is he's like, right, stop it, <laughs> stop like flying up and down that wing, which we like because we, we did a po- did a podcast this season earlier on, and I can't call Darren Jan Mark Tech because he was our only attacking option. He seems to kind of relish that, but like you say, he needs to get back a little bit more. He's part of a really bad defence as well. Yeah, so yes, he is. Like, yeah. And that, but that's that's part of it. Like he is not very good. He's part of a bad defence. Like because he gets forward and he's done like some good things at times going forward. People seem to forget that actually he's not a very good defender. He could be better defensively, but I don't think he's not very good. Like you don't see him ever. I'm trying to think of like, like some one of the things that our, I don't know. If it's just because we don't have a centre half who can organise them. But our our defence at times will just be all over the shop. Like they're not like yeah. you know, Leicester. They're, champ, they're going to be champions more than likely at the minute. If you look at their defence, they're just a unit. Whereas ours are like, you know, Jan Mash could be like just near the halfway line, and Bember will be somewhere in between. Stephen Taylor's who knows what he, where his head is. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what I mean? Like they're just all of them. They're not particularly great, and even. If Jan, if Jan Mart was such a good player, he could even try and organise the defence, but he doesn't. Yeah. Shelby, a frustrating performance for him. Don't blame him because, again, he's kind of playing midfield by himself. Teode did not have the desired effect I really hoped he would have. In and out of the side, those knees, injuries. The best we saw of him was those West Ham, West Brom games when he actually started to get a little bit of a run going and then injured again. Oh. Yeah, but he, he got he got hurt at half time. Shelby, he made some played some good balls. He played some bad balls. He, he's just one of these players who's just a bit shit. Like in the in his own third of the pitch, mm-hmm. like if he's facing his own goal or has a decision to make where he can see the goal, his own goal, he tends to do the wrong thing. But he's not. He should be. He should be miles up the pitch. He should be dictating play at the other, other end. He did he did all right. Listen, he didn't do badly, but he certainly did. I mean, Chini Wijnaldum. I'm starting. I'm starting to see how you lot all think about Sissoko, I think. Because when Yaldum has proven that he has the quality, he has the touch, he has the vision, he has the skill, he has the turn of pace, he does not want the football. He is not interested, he does not demand the ball. He's probably one of the best paid players at the club, if not the best paid player at the club. He's the most expensive signing. And he is, what's the right word? He's a bottler. Yeah, he's, he's. I think he's. I get I think he's given up now. I think he can't. Obviously, he was played very well for a very good PSV team last year, and I'm sure that was brilliant for him. But it just it seems that when everything's like the chips are down, he's just nowhere to be seen, and he doesn't take take like for what you've just described, like our most expensive player, probably one of the highest in his, doesn't grab games. Third most expensive signing in our history. Yeah, the good the first good six months he put in has been ruined. Um, I've said it time to we can't continue to play with 10 men particularly away from home we just can't do it um, I don't think he touched the ball in the first half like so poor and it's it's you know he's playing in a very very bad team but if you're Benitez you've, you've got to be thinking how it like you've got to give me something here you, the fact that he's been moved deeper is is, a, is a, it's not an insult but he should be thinking like I want to play in my position 
I want to play behind the striker. Well, there you go, Ginny. Yeah. There you go. There's four or five games in a row where you've been played behind the striker. Yeah. You have not contributed a single attacking option or, or posed any threat to opponent defenders. What the hell is going on? He's, I thought he'd start the young. Uh, well, really I'm really disappointed. Me and Sai talked on the radio show a couple of weeks ago. Like I really thought that Young under Benitez would come to the fore and would start playing every game. I'm not sure why he hasn't. Like, well, because of Wijnaldum, but yeah, well, maybe maybe still not. Benitez doesn't seem like he's going to like shy away from a big decision like that. No. It must be that he's lit- he's just so unfit from yeah. not playing football for so many years. But also, then you'd imagine he'd get fit if he was playing week in week out. So. Disappointing, shame, and playing him frees up. You know, freeze up other players. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he has to, he has to start Southampton for me. He's got to start. He cannot risk Wijnaldum again. Just 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 being a ghost. When we were actually winning games, he was starting. I say winning games, we won yeah, two. two. <laughs> <laughs> but we were against very good sides. Uh, yeah. So Wijnaldum's got to start. Wijnaldum's a joke. So so good. Let's not even go there. I thought he had a good, a reasonable game, but um. <laughs> uh, He's just got to do more. He's got to do more. He's got to be more involved. Like, it wasn't as bad as he has been in previous weeks against Norwich. I'll give him that. But again, he's still not doing enough. Cisse tried hard, which you do uh, get from Cisse. There was a lot of people before the game saying like they couldn't believe Mitrovic wasn't starting, and you know you said it was obviously like mitigating circumstances. My reaction was, I can understand. I would personally, I would have started Mitrovic, but I can understand why he played Cisse because if we did create a chance. You'd back Cisse to score it. Um, I know he missed that one when, we, when he was offside, which was shocking. He was offside, but yeah. Yeah, which he should still be burying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I could understand why he did Robin it. Robin Andros of another assist um, as well. In hindsight, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Mitrovic should have started. but The chance, if you watch the highlights back, uh, yes. the chance for 3-2, I don't think anyone else on the pitch even gets that on target. He's moving backwards for a ball behind him into into get it in the top corner with some feet of skill great save devastating that win <laughs> if that had gone in we'd be sitting here bouncing probably yeah. still be in Norwich in bloody whatever it's called <laughs> Chicago, Chicago yeah <laughs> celebrating but um, yeah uh, you, you, you think against Swansea is it time for two up front well that's the thing if you get rid of Wijnaldum you can play CC exactly but what, what is the difference from not having Wijnaldum there there isn't one and you know you'd imagine Mitrovic likes to come slightly deeper anyway to get the ball so what we're not going to lose anything from not playing with Adam and then we've got two like Mitrovic looks like he finally learned how to score well six goal of the season from Mitrovic well done Alexander um, what do you make about this newfound cult of Mitrovic because it sits uneasy with me and I'm I'm miserable so I've, I wrote my True Faith match report in the shocking curry house for him can't <laughs> slag it off because I can't remember its name but never mind um, it's opposite Chicago it's opposite Chicago <laughs> um <laughs> But I like Mitrovic and I have done all season. I, th- I think he was, he's kind of lauded early doors, come on against Southampton, did what he did. Uh, you know, he was clearly one of the future, played very well at Manu away. Then as the time went on, his confidence dropped clearly and a lot of people got on his back very, very quickly. We should not have signed a 21-year-old, a 20-year-old actually, to, to lead our line and people got on his back he had a good second half. He tends to be a second half type player, actually. A good second half against Sunderland, and he had a good half an hour. And the kind of cult status he's achieved it just worries me a bit. That Newcastle fans at the moment, or sections of the support, seem to be either hero or villain with him. 
rather than thinking this is a young player who could do with our continued support and let's not go over the top. Yeah, Mitrovic is, we've spoken about this weird cult of Mitrovic before, like, admittedly he has scored more goals than Riviera, but he's, he was, if Mitrovic had scored the goals he should have done this season, Steve McLaren would still be the manager and we wouldn't be anywhere near the relegation zone. Like, the amount of sitters that he's missed. I don't know, is there that many? Yeah. I'm thinking of Everton. Like at, Everton at home. At home. They, that one, they probably would have won that game. There's at least one at, one at home every game. I'm thinking like. a few against uh, whom I'm thinking of. Probably West Brom away. He should have scored. I don't think I don't think it, it adds up like 10 points or something. I think maybe five, six points more. But then every club, every shite club and probably has a striker missing sitters. Yeah, but every, <laughs> and every Steve terri- McLaren would probably still have his job. <laughs> every terrible team probably has people missing sitters though. Yeah, like, yeah. But, you know, his cost is... I feel, I, I feel like it's more than that I'm, it's nearly every home game that you're like oh Mitrovic should have scored there <laughs> like well you, you take it's a good penalty given that it was a great pen yeah um, good header bit of luck because it deflected off the defender it's kind of the only way that went in was deflecting off the defender um, but uh, you know I really like him and I, and I really hope he, he stays at the club for a long time well, I, just, I think he'll stay even if we go down when Cissé missed his open goal um, sections of the support chanted Mitro just pathetic really just really pathetic uh, it's just bizarre because he's like, like we've just said he doesn't score many goals and yeah. like people this was sort of, sort of saying about Riviere was last last year he was similar sort of getting in positions and then not scoring and everyone was on his back yeah. straight away whereas it seems to have gone the opposite way for Mitrovic um, by all means support him but it's just the way that I'm going to talk about I may as well go into it now and get your thoughts because you were there with me um, was it if I was in Chicago <laughs> The um, it was really good away end, like it was proper. It wasn't like Leicester away was a bit roby and Everton was the worst one. Everton was full of Raji's from Newcastle, um, but but it was a proper two thousand eight hundred fired up, good noise. A lot of people travelling from the northeast away end. Um, it, it just seems to be this section, or you know, I, I my match report. It's a majority. That's a lie. I was just angry, <laughs> just really angry. Um, of our support who are, are just bellends and yeah people have gone a lot longer than me and you have been saying there's always been arseholes in the way support maybe that maybe that's just the way it is but when CC missed that chance chanting Mitro it's just like I, I can't get my head around the, the kind of group mentality of that it's yeah. just pathetic it's it's the kind of thing small, cl- small clubs do I mean fucking Rafa Bin- as if Rafa Benitez doesn't know any better than the likes of you who are, not you Bob, but <laughs> you know the people who, who who are doing that and keeping the ball it's one of one of the low moments of following Newcastle away from home when, when the fans kept that ball at well now I'm not going to say it was they scored because of it because obviously that's not true and given um, a centre-back a free header in the 60-yard box probably more but like fair enough there's probably what five or ten lads but the rest of the away end cheering not giving the ball back were you there? Yeah, yeah. yeah you were there I'm just wondering if you'd gone at the far off time it was just like Straight away, I turned to Richie and was like, "For fuck's sake, lads, give them the fucking ball! Like, just get on with the game. What happened? Yeah. To, like, keeping the ball will just make them get another one, and then to throw the ball back on the pitch to delay the the, the kick taken again yeah. was absolutely farcical. Now, quite interestingly, Mike Dean blew the whistle as soon as they scored that goal. As soon as they scored that goal, he blew the whistle. There was a good ninety second, two minute delay from the Castle fans keeping the ball and those each. Um, so what? He, whether he was punishing us, well, I, I don't know. What I do know is, as soon as he delivered that ball, Robbie Brady, I think that's his name, yeah. from Norwich, turned and ran at the Newcastle away end, kind of celebrating in front of us, because he obviously perceived it to be 
a wind up towards him and obviously he'll have been openly put in just as good a ball um, without that pathetic uh, behaviour from sections of our support but I'll just say one thing it didn't help it did not help the team you've seen it happen before it happens at St James's Park sometimes but, but when we're beating big teams like I remember we played Chelsea yeah. and we beat them like they kept it's the ball pathetic. towards like 90th minute yeah. it's, still it's still ridiculous but it's like you can sort of understand it nil nil away at Norwich and like yeah. Just before half time. You just want to get half time. I just wanted the half time. It happened twice, didn't it? Cause it, oh, yeah. it happened earlier in it the game. It happened earlier in the game as well. Like if you're if you're a Newcastle fan, well you're not you're not really a Newcastle fan because you obviously love your own patter so much <laughs> that you think it's worth ruining or trying to ruin uh, the other three thousand people's enjoyment out of there. You just, you just you know I don't even have words for you. <laughs> you know, so it, it wound us up that much because I just I just wanted half time to come at nil nil. We've been shit. Let's get in at half time. Every game under Benitez, we've got better. We've put more of an attack and threat. Just get in at half time. What did the, what did these lads do? And the people that validated their actions for the just delayed half time. So yeah. whatever happened, I'm not going to be stupid enough to sit here and say the fans caused not to score because that would be bullshit. But you you people, you just delayed half time and went one in it. One nil down. Uh, yeah. I hope you are banned from football forever. <laughs> um, anything else we need to talk about Bolland from this match? Mm, not off the top of my head. Not off the top of your head. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't look good, ladies and gentlemen. It, it doesn't look good, but we're still here. We're still fighting. Um, everyone's just got to do that bit, and if it's not, if it's not enough. You know, so be it. But I'd much rather go into these last seven games of the season with something to fight for than just admitting defeat. Maybe we'll pick up a couple of wins along the way and it won't be enough, but I'll tell you what, I'll be a lot happier after those couple of wins um, than I'll be with not picking up another point this season. And if that's what positively brings you, because one thing's for sure, the players haven't given up. I know it's fucking. You'd easy. like to have Swansea next, wouldn't you? Like, you'd rather have that than going to South Africa. I just. Our fixtures have been so unfair. <laughs> As McLaren said. fixtures. Um, but you just would though wouldn't you like going to South we won't get like I'm, we're going to bet money with you now that we won't get anything at Southampton it just won't happen um, I'd give us more of a chance if we were going anywhere else in the Premier League but Southampton would never ever win so what you we are due just like Palace what you no but see the thing is with Newcastle we're not due we're just we have to just keep these records going we can still do it man we can still do it but we can but it's not starting next week well, maybe other results will go our way for a change. <laughs> um, maybe, but yeah, I think. Well, I think we'll probably leave it there. Thanks everybody for listening. Follow us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pod. I've got one for you before you before you wrap it up. Will be near stay when we go down. That's so that relies on so many variables. It's impossible for me to answer that because. What's your instinct? Um, my instinct is no, you won't. My instinct is that you'll want to. But the club will be in such a state, like like Ashley and Charlie have already said, they haven't been planning for relegation. They should have planned for relegation when well, yeah, they probably wouldn't have planned for relegation when the highest Steve McLaren. But when we went eight games without winning, uh, I, I remember some stat on Sky Sports at the time: most teams who have been on that winless run that long don't stay up. So. Yeah, you know, um, Charlie's got all the stats about how being in a cup run gets you relegated. Yet he failed to collate the stats that being shit and losing loads of matches <laughs> also gets you relegated. Um, yeah, so the fact that they haven't prepared means that there will be one hell of a fire sale. I hope they keep the team together. First things first, whatever happens, whatever happens this season, if we're now all seven games, 
Charnley and Cork must be sacked. There is absolutely... The only thing you can say is Cork could take a, an actual scouting role rather than the director of football role. I would live with that. Yeah. Ideally, though, we need a fresh start. This is... Yeah. I don't, I'll try to finish the podcast. I'm going to open a can of worms here. <laughs> but um, do you think that... Basically, you can... Everything went wrong. I might actually took the club. But we came back up. We finished 13th and could have finished 10th that season, which would have represented... The 13th, selling Carroll represents success for any promoted team. I don't care of the size. Uh, next season, 5th. Next season, 16th, which was shite. But we bought a lot of players in, late doors, and we played in Europe. So it wasn't... You know, I have fond memories of that season. Um, the, re, the, the moment it all went tits up is the the appointment of Joe Kinnear. Uh, really, and that's what a lot of people and a lot of stuff has been written about today. And yeah, we went on a decent run while he was at the club and then all fell apart disastrously yeah. after the sailor combined. Do you think if Pardew had done the honourable thing and resigned when Kinnear was appointed would be in this position? Uh, quite probably, because so? we probably would have still got John Carver. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably the one. Um, and can you imagine, like, John Carver on his own was sort of bad enough, but work, <laughs> working with Joe Kinnear? <laughs> I, I think that if if Pardew had resigned and Carver had resigned... Legends, by the way. Yes, Pardew would be a martyr and would have fought, would have fallen on his feet, no problem. You know, his time at Newcastle only got worse after that. Yeah. He still got the Palace job. Um, he'd have been fine. Um, could be England manager, I don't know. Um, he'd have been fine. He would have had a lot more respect in the Newcastle. It's not like he's arsehole, that I'm sure. With Carr... Carl resigning or threatening to resign was enough from Ashley to get him get in his helicopter. You know he doesn't do anything if he doesn't, he doesn't have to and fly off somewhere and convince him to stay. If those two had resigned and he had no MD, no manager, no de facto director of football, he he probably would have had to climb down. Yeah, he probably would have had to reinstate Lambias. He would he probably would have had to. And if he'd reinstated Lambias, I mean, listen, loads of people hate Lambias. Not me, although we did some I'd love to have terrible things. Well. I've said before publicly that I spoke on bias on a couple of occasions, fortunately, for a, for a period of time. And I don't think he was just bullshitting me, a person he'd never met before. He had a plan to make Newcastle United a top four side. Might, might have been bullshit, might have been uh, ridiculous. He was here when we didn't sign anyone after we finished fifth, so he takes blame for that. He's an, He probably wasn't um, when appointed suitable to take such a role at a large football club um, and he has relegation despite coming kind of after all the Keegan stuff but the fact is there's no way he would have let Joe Kinnear sell Johan Kabai uh, for what he did at the time he did and not replace him I just I just don't believe it and I think that would, wouldn't be in the mess we could have appointed a proper manager after Alan Pardew well that manager would have had a pre-season Steve McLaren was out of work and nowhere near uh, you know his return to football wouldn't have got McLaren probably and that is the moment I pinpoint it all going wrong apart from obviously Ashley buying the club yeah, but yeah fair enough I, I can't remember why we started talking about this because I was nasty if Benitez would stay oh yeah so if Benitez stayed it's like yeah they're in such a mess Charlie hasn't prepared for relegation the, I think Benitez would stay I don't think he'd have taken the job. Yeah, there's a break clause in it. I don't think he would have taken the job in England, which is where he wants to manage, near his family home. I don't think there's going to be any jobs coming up next season. That he could be, you know, that he'll be 
that you'd be desperate to take or in the summer where you think you know I'd rather be doing this um, he's made us better I think he'd line I think he'd bring us back up if he was backed financially and that still means selling players yeah. by the way that's still that's not a case of he's going to want all these players and 50 million to spend I don't think he's that naive he, he, he would he would be willing to lose but would want to lose quite a lot of the dead weight I mean you've got remember got um, Harris Bukic and Samio, Sami Amiobi out on loan at League 1 and Championship clubs respectively they cannot get in those sides both particularly Amiobi have accrued a large number of Premier League minutes playing for Newcastle when they aren't good enough for the second and third tiers of English football. So there's a lot of dead weight, dead words to get off. And you've got your Gufrans and your Marvos and your Robotans. A lot of people are out of contract anyway, Stephen Taylor. Um and he probably he'd probably lose to Sogo and he you know, maybe Townsend would stay, maybe he wouldn't, maybe Selby would stay. That they would have takers Wijnaldum. You know, Wijnaldum would needs to be off anyway, even even if they're still I want him gone. Um Colaccini just signed a new contract probably on loads of money they'd probably look to finally get rid of him maybe um, the keepers are alright they probably wouldn't do it with the keepers Krull might leave but yeah, I reckon Krull would be off I think that'd be it I, I think um, I think he'd stay I think if the condition's right and if Mike Ashley has anything left it would be Mike Ashley's last chance because if if we go down the the worrying thing is about it is that they didn't learn any of the lessons from getting relegated last year or last season where they almost went, went down the if they went down again. The fact that we were so poor last season, if you look at last season, the whole of it, and the six months of the previous season where we finished 10th, but rocketed from 5th, picked up 6 points in something like 16 games, to, to come out with the start of the season and say top 8 in a cup, which which was good to hear from a fan's point of view, but in hindsight, stupid. you know, it should have just been improvement. You would have taken, I, I know it's hard, would you have taken West Brom season this season? You know, it's, it's a tough one. You'd say yes now, of course you would, but at the time with the money that would spend and it, you given, know, given how scary last season was, as well, if you told yeah. me last season, you could be on forty points now. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, Lee Chong, he, he does not know what he's doing. He he probably you're saying he hasn't prepared. Probably doesn't know how to. Probably doesn't know the first thing about what to do if you're relegated. Doesn't have a clue. And yet here we are. <laughs> Anything else or can I finish? Uh, you can finish not that want. I want to finish no, like you can finish, but no, you can finish if you want. forty five minutes for a defeated Norwich is probably probably touching the uh, heights of what we could get out of this. But um <laughs> yeah, follow us on Twitter. We will be back on Friday radio show live, seven o'clock. We'll have a quiz coming soon. I will consult the usual suspects about a good date. Um and yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks again to everybody who left us uh, reviews on iTunes, it's helpful and you can follow us on SoundCloud. New True Faith out. That's big news. I should have said that at the start of the show. Um, it's absolutely class. I've had a read of it already. And, and I've been really busy, which tells you how good it is, because <laughs> I'll squeeze it in. Um, loads of really good articles from a, a range of different Newcastle fans. I think the the quality of writing is exceptional. Um, I'll do the Black and White Eyes diary through Black and White Eyes diary. And I've got a uh, article in about Steve McLaren's tactical incapability, which was written when he was still manager, but I think it's still relevant. Um, and obviously so does the editor because he put it in uh, so yeah head over to truefaith.co.uk um, we'll post loads of links uh, on Twitter as well it's absolutely free these kind of things normally cost money uh, free to your tablet your iPhone your laptop just remember we're going to stop up <laughs> maybe <But>. not <laughs> <laughs> cheers Wallace. whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.